for us. I was filled with real heartfelt praise for God throughout the long days. In one of the sessions on the camp, we looked at the picture in Revelation 21 of the new heaven and new earth, God dwelling amongst his people, where every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain. And it was great to see that so many people were excited about this and were looking forward to that day when God himself would live amongst us. One friend described our time away as a little glimpse of heaven, and I'd have to agree. It really brought things into perspective for me. After spending so much time learning, thinking, and praying about God's promise of eternal life for us, since I've returned, I have to admit that I found it quite hard to slot back into work and fit into my everyday life again, greeted with more bad news on the TV each day. In reality, I want Jesus to return, and I want him to return soon, to put an end to the injustice we see, an end to the suffering, to our struggles every day that we face in the world. I want us to live in that perfect relationship with God and with one another. So how are we to keep going until that day when he returns? In a world of injustice and suffering, where the devil prowls around trying to trip us up, how do we keep going? And I think it was the same for the disciples at the time when this parable was written. How were they to stay faithful until Jesus returned? And we're going to see in today's passage how Jesus addresses just that. So do keep your green Bibles open on page 993. And as people have said before, today's passage is a continuation in our Back to Basics series of sermons. So far this month, we've looked at the parables of the prodigal son, the parable of the sower, and the parable of the good Samaritan. And this week, as we've just heard read by Judith, we're going to be looking at the parable of the persistent widow. So let's take a closer look at it. In verse 1 in chapter 18, you'll see that we have a very clear explanation of exactly why Jesus told this parable. It says... Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Knowing the meaning of what we're reading here makes our job a lot easier. We can't really go astray. So we can see that this parable is an encouragement to Jesus' followers to always pray and not give up or lose heart. Perhaps there were some disciples who might have expected Jesus to return shortly during their lifetimes. They faced persecution, and in light of that, you can understand why they'd need encouragement. And for us, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus was here. It's not for us to know when he'll return, but are we perhaps complacent? Are we maybe a little bit cynical about thinking of this? So I think that we too need encouragement to always pray and never give up. So, as with any passage, it's always important to have a look at the context under which it was written. You'll see in the first verse, it starts with the word, then. And this is usually a good indicator that the parable should be read in light of what has come before. So, if you have a quick look back to the end of chapter 17, you can see that Luke has just been writing about Jesus' teaching on the coming of the kingdom of God. 
Jesus has been explaining that he will suffer and be rejected. And before he comes back, there will be a time of things going on as normal, buying and selling, building and planting, before he returns suddenly in judgment. Jesus has been warning his disciples that they should be ready for that day when he returns and that they should not cling to the things of this world. They're instructed not to be like Lot's wife, who looked back with longing and was turned into a pillar of salt back in Genesis 19. And you'll see back in our passage in chapter 18, in verse 8, there is reference again to the coming of the Son of Man, when Jesus will return in judgment. So I think it's clear that this parable forms part of that teaching on the coming of the kingdom. And so in the light of this, you can see that a natural question that disciples might ask would be, how do we endure to the end? And for us, how can we be faithful to that end? How can we maintain that our eyes are fixed on Jesus and not on this world? And so Jesus tells this parable. So let's delve into it and have a closer look. And as we do so, I'm hoping to draw out three key points about this call to prayer. You'll see that from verse 2 onwards, we hear this story of this judge who was constantly pestered by a widow and her plea. We're told in verse 3 that she kept on coming to him, nagging away, never giving him a moment's peace. You can imagine her all day long following this judge around. He'd go to court and she'd be there. He'd go to lunch and she'd be there again. And then he'd go home and sure enough, once again, there she'd be. We hear in verse 4 that this judge refused her plea for some time and yet she kept on coming to him. She was obviously one determined woman. Now, a widow at that time was a very vulnerable and defenseless person. She had no one to speak up for her. So in order to get justice, she would have had to rely completely on the judicial system. Now, we can draw a parallel between us as Jesus' followers and this persistent widow. We too are vulnerable and weak in this unsympathetic world. Around the world, thousands of Christians face daily persecution. And we are all under pressure every day as the devil wages war for control of our hearts. In verse 7, we see this parallel with us as God's chosen, his followers, who also persist in crying out day and night. We are, always, we are encouraged to always pray until the Son of Man returns. But will he find faith on earth? Will his followers have kept on praying or will they have given up and lost heart? We are called to continually, to, to continually pray to our God in faith. And so we come to the first point I want to make, which is our call to persistence in prayer. A persistence in faith, which is exemplified by persistence in praying. Jesus wants us to be like this widow. We are to continually pray through adversity, under persecution, and when we're tempted to lose our focus from God's heavenly perspective, to give up, lose heart, and conform to this world. There was a man named George Muller, the founder of the great Christian orphanage work in Bristol in the 19th century. 
and he was a man of prayer. He knew the importance of keeping praying, even when the answer seemed to be delayed. When George Muller was young, he began to pray that two of his friends might give their lives to Christ. He prayed for them every day for more than 60 years. One of the men did become a Christian shortly before George Muller's death at what was probably the last service he gave. The other became a Christian within a year of Muller's death. So we too need to be like him. We need to pray and not give up. Even if the answer seems delayed, even if we don't get to see the result, we are to persist in prayer by faith. So let's return to this widow and her continuing plea with this judge. What exactly is it that she wants? Verse three tells us that she came to the judge with the same plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Now the word justice here can mean give me vengeance or punishment against my adversary. It's the same word used for God's punishment to those who persist in opposing him. But it can also mean give me vindication, defend my rights, give me recompense. We see this widow relentlessly pleading for justice. And in verse 7, we see that justice will be given to God's followers who continually cry out to him day and night. Justice for God's people will ultimately come when Jesus returns. An end to the sufferings in the world. No more persecution. No more struggles with our sinful nature. Therefore, we're called to pray for God's kingdom to come, as we did in the Lord's Prayer earlier. So we are to pray persistently for thy kingdom come. So after our persistence in prayer comes our priority for prayer. Our priority should be for God's kingdom to come. Before we come to God seeking things for our needs, seeking our daily bread, our priority should be to seek his kingdom. So we should faithfully and continually pray for the kingdom to come in its entirety, for Jesus' return. We should pray that we are ready and not caught off guard. We should also pray for the kingdom in the interim. God delays his return so that more will turn to him. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We should be praying for those we know to be saved, for it is only by God's grace that we are saved. We are to pray for wisdom, opportunity and boldness to witness and share the gospel, for strength to live our daily lives in honour of God, for us to be an encouragement to one another. Also, we should pray for justice in the meantime on earth, for us to speak out for those in need and without a voice like the widow, to look out for the poor and the needy, to speak up for those suffering persecution. So we should show persistence in prayer by faith and our priority should, for prayer should be justice, seen ultimately in Jesus coming again. And so we see this persistent widow constantly pleading for justice against her adversary to a judge who are told in verse two and again in verse four, feared, neither feared God nor cared what people thought. 
What a battle for this widow. This judge could not care less about her. But he is her last resort. There is no one else that she can go to, and so she persists. And yet, although this judge is uncaring and isn't the least bit interested in her or her plea, we're told in verse 5 that he finally grants her justice. Not because he has a sudden change of heart, but if you have a look in verse 5, because she, he doesn't want uh, her to eventually come and attack him. Now what a sharp contrast to our situation with God. In the eyes of the unjust judge, this widow is a nobody, a bothersome person who he doesn't care the least bit about. But for us, we are all well known by God and loved by him, and he is very interested in each of us. Even the unjust judge will grant justice to this widow. So how much more will our heavenly father, who is perfect in love and righteousness, how much more will he respond to the cries of those who trust him? So this brings us to our third point, the promise of prayer. We can know with certainty that our God hears our prayer and responds to them. If the unjust judge finally responds and answers the widow's pleas, how much more will our Father in heaven answer ours? We can have certainty that he will answer these prayers, not necessarily in our timing or in our way, but in his timing and his way. As it says in verses 6 and 7, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Our God is a loving God and perfect judge, not like the unjust judge. He does hear and he will bring about justice. He will see that his chosen ones get justice quickly. The word quickly here means suddenly, without delay. For when Jesus returns, it will be sudden. There will be an end to the suffering and distress that his followers have faced in this world. God's judgment is certain, and it is sudden. So we have seen from this parable how we are called to persistence in prayer by faith, called always to pray and never give up, that our priority for prayer should be God's kingdom coming to bring justice, and finally, the promise of prayer, that our petitions before God are always heard and answered in God's own way and timing. The widow pleaded to the unjust judge with uncertainty, but we, we plead with certainty because we know our Father God loves us and that he is just. So, for reflection, let us consider the final part of verse 8. The question is, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We should be encouraged by this parable. We should take heart. We have a God who hears us and loves us and who is just. We should persist faithfully in prayer, seeking his eternal kingdom, because we know with certainty that he will respond. 
So let us pray relentlessly, always trusting in him. So when Jesus does return, we are ready and he will find faith on earth. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this parable. We thank you that you are not like the unjust judge, that you always respond to our pleas. Lord, I do pray that by your spirit you will help us to continually pray to you, seek your will and your provision, and that we will not lose heart, we will not give up. For your glory. Amen.